0: Welcome to The Everyday Heroine. This podcast is meant to inspire women's leadership to help encourage women to discover the truth about what they are capable of. Hey, it's Maria with another episode of The Everyday Heroine. We are back to the playbook with the most important facet of the entire book for playing the game of life. This is no facet to take lightly, and it comes with some warnings. We are picking up the playbook on facet number six, which is currently still titled, Improper Play, Illegal Action, and Misconduct. I have been so excited about this particular facet for months. Let's see what happens. Let me put a proper warning on the content for this entire podcast right now. In general, I try my best to keep the language and content clean so that there is no need to list it as explicit. I aim to speak to adults, but I realize when you listen to a podcast, it may be in close proximity to other audiences. I never aim to offend or speak inappropriately so that you always have the freedom to listen anywhere, anytime. But from time to time, I will list an episode as explicit if I feel that the nature of the content should be for adults only, or when it gets a bit sketchy. Last week's episode was listed as explicit, but I did not warn you about the content in the beginning. My apologies. With this episode and future episodes, I will do my best to forewarn. So let's get into it. Through the holidays, I put the playbook on hold. And last week, I had such a strong desire to talk about the future in a big way, so I took the time to attempt to inspire all humans in their greatness with my Scrooged episode. I hope you liked it. Since I am planning to live to see the age of 100, I'm holding some big ideas as possibilities for living life on this planet for my next 50-plus years. In order to make all my big, huge, crazy, beautiful dreams come true, I believe that everyone will need to understand this facet of the playbook wholeheartedly. This is the part where we separate the dark from the light, the good from the bad, and the impossible from the totally unstoppable. I'm most excited because I have an opportunity and a responsibility to light this match with the hope that it can be the one match that lights many different fireworks or explosions or whatever is necessary for progress. As I create this episode, even I may be surprised to see how it turns out. It may not be what you expect, and actually, there may not be any concern for the content. Let me backtrack quickly with a reminder of how we get into playing the game of life. As humans, we have a natural tendency to actively live as long as we are breathing, whether you know this or not. The super cool thing is that this happens naturally, even though most people are not aware of their breath most of the time. Most humans may even take their breath for granted. Whether we are asleep or awake, our human nature keeps us in a basic level of survival, breathing all the time. For some of us, during the time we spend awake, we desire a bit more than survival. And we live in a way that seeks to thrive in life. As we go about our days, we begin to play by either choosing or being chosen to play in different games. Each game has a playing field, which includes a container, an activity, and a reason for playing, whether you know it or not. Of course, just like baseball, since I am basing this playbook, of Major League Baseball's official rules, I feel we must have a way to handle things like improper play, illegal action, and misconduct. On one hand, I like to say that rules keep us safe, and in baseball, it does add a layer of comfort to know that when someone gets out of line or does something outside of the rules, that there is a way to handle it. Otherwise, We would be in a bit of anarchy, and I'll go one step further to suggest that the only way the game stays in integrity is to have these rules and a way to deal with the behavior that is considered outside of the rules. To make a connection between playing the game of life and baseball, staying in integrity in life means that we have a healthy and sustainable planet that supports all life not just humans. I'll add the idea that staying in integrity as humans by playing the game of life helps all living things maintain a version of thriving relative to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. When we talk about improper play, illegal action, and misconduct, I go back to my kindergarten days for some help. Little girl Maria definitely stuck to the rules back in those days. And I felt better knowing that they existed. I was one of those students that did not feel the need to stick out and disobey the teacher on purpose. We were taught several rules. When traveling from one room to another at school, we had to walk down the aisle on the right side of the hall we had to stay in a single file, and I'm sure we had a no-talking rule as we traveled. Most of the time, we all stuck to the rules, and somehow one adult was able to successfully manage getting 20 plus little humans from one place to another, day in and day out, inside that school. Of course, Not everyone stuck to the rules all of the time, and you would learn quickly that you didn't want to be that guy that disobeyed. To pay the consequence for disobeying the teacher was always something horrible, like missing recess or cleaning the chalkboard in front of all the other students. I remember in fifth grade, that one girl who disobeyed the teacher's rules got paddled, For not doing her homework. This was right before the times when parents stood up and brought a new order of justice to an old order of thinking in our education system. I remember sitting in class in complete fear because I was silently one of the students that would forget my homework from time to time. The reality that the teacher would deliver on the consequence that she stated in the beginning of the year to paddle anyone that disobeyed rules was absolutely terrifying for me. I remember the feeling of having my eyes wide open as the entire class stayed absolutely silent so that we could hear the hit of the paddle from inside our classroom. In life, we have a justice system. Not only does our justice system offer a framework for operating our lives on a planet as humans outside of a courtroom, but it also offers us a game to play inside a courtroom. Outside the courtroom, we feel some comfort knowing that most people play by the rules, most of the time. And in the event that someone doesn't play by the rules, there is a way to handle these situations. We like to believe that our justice system is just. It keeps us safe and comfortable. The courtroom also becomes a physical container for hearing cases and judging outcomes and issuing consequences government, attorneys, and law enforcement play out their choice of careers with this game of life. Inside or outside the courtroom, this game seems to help us play the game of life everywhere we go, whether you are playing by the rules or not. But we also know how cruel it can be when justice is not served within a justice system. And because the justice system connects everyone within a society on some level, we are all affected everywhere we go. As Ruth Bader Ginsburg put it, we are all constantly working toward a better union as humans because we have a justice system. We all contribute in some way, whether we understand it or not, and whether we choose to participate or not. Think about it. How many of us vote? On the other hand, there is a rule in life that states all is fair in love and war. So basically, there is no such thing as fair and there are no rules. We can technically do whatever we want and only when we get caught and or when we find ourselves accused of something, whether we did it or not, or whether it is a crime or not, we may have to pay the consequences. Life is weird. I just watched the movie Unforgivable. For anyone who has seen it, that is a perfect example of how unfair life can be on many levels. And it also goes to show what really is important in life and why we fight to thrive. When I look at MLB's official rules, there are four topics that complete this facet. They are, number 1. Interference, obstruction, and catcher collisions. Number two, pitcher illegal action. Number three, batter illegal action. And number four, unsportsmanlike conduct. To rein this crazy topic into some level of containment for this playbook, I'll attempt to put it into three categories. You may get the sense for how difficult this facet can be to define when we have a justice system that is not always just and a common law in life that says that nothing is fair and there are no rules. Live with it. And I'll throw in one last piece that insinuates this idea that it is human nature to thrive and not just survive. I can see how people look at this like it's rainbows and unicorns. Oddly enough, this all totally makes sense to me. There must be a way to address this facet. And guess what? It has nothing to do with your gender. It has nothing to do with your financial advantages or disadvantages. It has nothing to do with your birthright or the family that you were born into. It has nothing to do with your natural skills and talents or the lack thereof. What I mean is that you cannot blame any of these things in life on your success and happiness. For every example of someone who succeeds in a particular environment, there is an equal and opposite example of someone who fails with generally the same conditions. The only thing in life that makes sense is that nothing makes sense. We can't rely on using the justice system to define this facet because it is vulnerable by nature of being one of the games that we play in life. This facet becomes so powerful because I believe it has the potential to eliminate the destructive things that are actually holding us back from success and happiness. Here are three categories that will ultimately lead us to narrow down how to define improper play, illegal action, and misconduct. Each one of these categories by themselves are not games that we play in life. So they are not vulnerable like the justice system. They are the catalysts for change. They are the fuel in your tank to take your adventure through the long and windy journey. And they are number one, attitude. Number two, abundance versus scarcity. And number three, motivation as related to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. To further explain attitude, I only need to take a moment to remind you about the concept I spoke about in episode number 25, titled, Adjusting an Attitude for a Successful Life. I'll quickly point out the high-level concept here. It began with a quote from Zig Ziglar that says, It's not your aptitude, but your attitude that determines your altitude in life. That means that too much of a negative attitude in the wrong direction can lead to a lack of success and happiness. And a more positive attitude in the right direction can lead to more success and happiness. I'm not sure that I've talked about abundance and scarcity at great length. For that matter, I don't think I've talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs at great length either. I probably mentioned the hierarchy by titles. I'll get into these topics separately in great depth in future episodes. I promise. For now, I'll attempt to talk about the simple yet very complicated idea of abundance versus scarcity. There are two schools of thought. One is that of scarcity, where we use a king of the hill approach to leadership. We find this in the business world when we look at an organizational chart, which represents the reporting structure. In the business world, this can be useful, and most of the time, it is essential. It looks like a pyramid, and you can imagine that the people at the top have greater responsibilities in their roles within the organization. They are also most likely compensated more at the top and less at the bottom, and that is relative to the responsibilities that they deliver through their contributions at work and to the organization. There are limitations and decay in this system, and eventually it will deplete itself from replenishment due to the lack of sustainability and the toll it takes on resources, unless it is actively replenished. Then there is the idea of abundance, where the model is more like a torus. A torus has the geometry of a donut. Imagine a donut with a donut hole not the jelly-filled kind, a true donut. And then imagine a ring in the middle of the center of the donut. Imagine the donut lying flat on a table. Now imagine that there is energy that radiates out of the center ring and up. When the energy gets to the top of the donut, it then goes out and down the outer layer of the donut until it gets to the bottom and then it comes up to meet with the ring again in the middle. If you can imagine this energy constantly rotating through the middle up and out to the top and around to the bottom, back up again, into the center middle of the donut, then you can imagine the idea of abundance. It's constantly flowing and rejuvenating. I find it helpful in illustrating how to create balance in someone's life. In a day's time, it shows you how you must go through sleep and wake cycles. Maybe over a week's time, it shows us how important it is to have the weekend off to replenish. Over an extended period of time, it shows us how important it is to take a vacation or to have a spa day to do a deeper exercise in repair and rejuvenation. Whatever that looks like for you. It also calls to mind the importance of giving back and discovering ways to stay inspired. Looking at a lifetime, it can illustrate how our early years are more consuming and our later years are more contributing. Abundance and scarcity are polar opposites, and that where there is abundance, the attitude is that there is plenty for everyone. No need to be jealous. Everyone gets what they honestly desire. Where there is scarcity, there's an attitude that we must battle for the goods. Like there's only enough for so many and you may not get yours. What kind of goods you ask? It's a good question. (laughs) I believe it is rooted in what each person considers success and happiness, which really leaves it wide open. Or maybe it begs us to explore a little bit within Maslow's hierarchy of needs for some help. I realize I'm very different from most people. I think I've always had that sense. It has partly been my destiny to live life in abundance so that I can share my knowledge and perspective with others in a meaningful way. I've been an outlier in most of my experiences. In my later years, I find that it brings me comfort and it also offers a huge advantage as I pursue a certain level of freedom and independence. I'm not held down as much as I would have been otherwise. Connection has always been really important for me. So when I am the oddball out, or the only woman in the room, with a strong desire for connection, it helps me explore life in a very unique way. It allows me to find gold when I least expect it. It allows me to discover a way to find connection with people while being separate and different from them. It allows me to discover abundance. It inspires me to bring more abundance to the world. That would be a pretty great thing to do. Here I am trying to speak about what motivates me in life. Connection, independence, and freedom are all really important for me. What is important for you? I find it so beautiful that everyone is uniquely different in how and why they are motivated. At any given moment in time during your lifetime, you can change your mind or change your motivations. I think that is so cool that the world had a guy like Maslow to spend his life creating his hierarchy for us to use when we want it. So the Maslow Quick Review. At the base, moving up his triangle, there are philosophical needs like food, shelter, water, clothing, and reproduction. Then there's personal needs, employment, personal security, resources, health, and property. Next, there's love and belonging needs friends, family, intimacy, a sense of connection. Next, there's esteem needs, respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, and freedom. And at the top, there's self-actualization needs, the desire to become the most that one can be. Now, Maslow's geometry is in the shape of a triangle, but imagine, if you will, that there's so much energy that moves from the base to the top that it allows that flow that I tried to describe in the Taurus, where it goes up, it kind of shoots out, it comes down the sides and back to the base where it can move up again and it stays in constant flow. It does make further sense when you think about these needs. If you are struggling to survive, to find food, shelter, and water, you are likely to care less about status and recognition than you are for employment, resources, and health. We only have so much time in a day and so many days in a lifetime, and we don't know when it may end for each and every one of us. So now I try to take attitude, abundance, and motivation and flip them into defining what would be improper play, illegal action, and misconduct Playing the game of life. And I just can't help but think about time. How can attitude, abundance, and motivation help us to be more present in the moment? Because that is truly where the miracles and the magic happen. It's truly the only thing we really have. How can we use our precious time more wisely? It may be as simple as saying that to spend too much time regretting the past or worrying about what's to come in the future is the only improper play, illegal action, and misconduct that truly occurs. It's a difficult one to measure because we become conditioned to avoid the present moment rather than live in it. We are taught not to play the game of life rather than to live it at its fullest. Our attitude in life and our ability to avoid a scarcity mindset while working towards self-actualization is a pretty good and general mission for all of humanity, even though everyone may not be working toward it. Regardless of where you are on any scale, there is always room for improvement. The path to improvement would be to have a positive attitude, an abundance mindset, and effort towards self-actualization more often. Too much time in a negative attitude, a scarcity mindset, and avoiding self-actualization is the equivalent to improper play, illegal action, and misconduct in baseball. My mission with this episode was to bring awareness about human potential. I know in my life, when I was struggling the most, I was actually searching to find these guidelines that could help me work toward more success and happiness and stay away from misery. Just to be clear… I know there will be natural struggles on the journey to success and happiness. That is life. I am in no way saying that there should not be struggles when there always will be. Regardless of how perfect the world can get, there's always going to be a problem to solve and an obstacle to overcome. In fact, the biggest lesson I learned in life is that attacking the struggles I thought should be eliminated in the world was the wrong way to look at playing the game of life. Seeking to attack is a disempowering form of leadership by nature. I wanted to kill the haters. And that would be illegal. You see? The one simple truth I learned is that the only person I can control is me. And to be the best me I can be is being the change I wish to see in the world. And that makes me a winner. And that alone actually brings me more success and happiness every single time. I can count on it. And I wonder if anyone notices the same simple truth. When you live in the moment and you seek to be in harmony with creativity, building a version of the future that is necessary from your unique perspective, does it make you feel successful? Does it make you happy regardless of the struggle you may be facing at the moment? Sometimes? Always? Never? I'm curious. Let me know. For now, enjoy your adventures and journey responsibly. Thank you so much for listening to The Everyday Heroine. It is my honor to be on this journey in life with you. Feel free to hit the follow button as we continue our adventures. Check the show notes for additional information on this episode. You can also go to mariakaufman.com. Make sure you are on the email list to get podcast updates. You will also be the first to get updates on our products and services and everything else we have going on at the Kaufman Institute. For those looking for career and life advancement now, find the links to get on a coaching consult with me so that you too can be living your dream life like an everyday heroine. Everyone matters, and you deserve to live the life of your dreams. No need to wait or hesitate. Answer your call to greatness with one simple act of scheduling that call. For now, enjoy your adventures and journey responsibly. Cheers. MariaKaufman.com is M-A-R-I-A-K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N.com. See you there.